Are you reading and hearing all sorts of conflicting information about AI, artificial intelligence, and wondering what impact that might have on you? Well, welcome to AI for Creatives, a podcast by creators for creatives, connecting you to the world of AI, Web3, blockchain, and beyond. Join your hosts, Camila and Nova, as we explore new ways AI empowers creatives and as we highlight leading industry innovators utilizing amazing new tools to pave the way for our future. Get inspired and get educated by fellow creators revolutionizing the industry and exemplifying new ways to gain creative independence and sovereignty. Welcome to AI for Creatives, a podcast by creatives for creatives, connecting art, innovation, and humanity. I'm your host, Nova Lorraine, and I'm with my lovely co-host. It's Camila. (laughs) So Camila, I'm so excited to do this podcast with you. I know we've been on this train for a good minute with Crypto for Creatives and talking about all things Web3, blockchain, the metaverse, et cetera. And we felt compelled to create a new show around AI based on all of the, I mean, it's a flood of news, concerns, technologies, innovations, like all of that wrapped up in one. And we felt that it was, you know, a great idea to, from a creative's perspective, help educate and guide other creatives on this new journey with a world full of AI. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm glad that we're doing this because there's so much, um, it's misinformation or just assumptions that we have about AI just as a society, right? As a whole, because there's so many movies. I mean, this is something that's been talked about for years and years and years. And so It's really important, and we'll get into this, about how do we connect creatives and give them the tools that they need to use AI in a way that's only going to enhance uh, what they're doing. But then also, you know, not just setting it up as something that's great and perfect. And, you know, how do we build this or advance this technology together so that we are um, having positive outcomes? Absolutely. And my introduction, at least to an AI tool that I've been personally using outside of the companies and tools we kind of take for granted that have AI, which we'll we'll mention later, but um, was about eight or nine months ago. And it was an AI art tool. And it's open AI. Anyone can contribute to the platform and learn from each other, share with each other and create new things. Um, original artwork, et cetera, from text. And I was initially curious, then fascinated, then hooked. (laughs) But before then, though, a few years ago, before I sort of dove into the rabbit hole of all things Web3, I was definitely on the side in the camp of X to AI, like not interested. I could see where this can go. Why would technologists create a tool that can quote unquote replace humans. And that was my point of view. And being in web three, it forced me to learn more about the technology, what it can be used for use cases, 
and with a broader perspective, explore both the pros and cons. And I feel that, and I've seen and heard, you know, the debate on should we use these tools? Should we not? Especially within the space of creativity, what's art, what's not? You know, I was just on a call yesterday with a colleague and she said, I'm completely against art being created with AI. And we got into a discussion around copyrights and IP and, you know, referencing what we do without AI in the art space and how does that apply and how that will that will apply in the in the the new digital world of AI meets art. So these are reasons why I'm really excited to share this information, but also to learn along the way and to help, like you said, sort of debunk some of the myths or calm some of the fears or put in perspective what's coming. So we as creatives can best prepare ourselves and the impact that it will have on our day-to-day lives, but then also on our livelihood as well. Yeah, let's get into it. (laughs) Well, before we do that, let's do what we always do. Why don't we share what we've been up to? So what are you excited about? What are you working on? What's new? Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Um, You know, I I have really, you know, I'm in the event space, right? And so just going out and seeing like what's up and coming, what are people doing this year? There's a lot of things that are focused around like healing, mindfulness experiences, and even seeing like local events where people are incorporating AR when it comes to like augmented reality, when it comes to like art and just like how do we use all these different tools to um, make a bigger impact on our communities? Mm. Um, so, so that's kind of like, I'm just, you know, in the space and just like almost, almost kind of like taking it in and excited to see so many people adopting these new technologies. And actually, you know, speaking of AI, I'm excited when my friends, like my everyday friends that I grew up with, they're like, have you tried this tool? It's called ChatGPT. And I'm like, whoa, you know, like we never have these conversations, but now we're having these conversations, like everyday people that are using this. And so, and they're, they're excited and they're interested. And I don't, I don't know that it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to adopt this, but it's like, oh, this is cool. Now what do I do with it? Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I feel that with some of these terms that we've been <laughs> talking about and that we, you know, the areas that we're in on a day-to-day as it relates to like terms such as NFT and blockchain and metaverse and things like that, which not everyone, we kind of assume everyone has heard about these terms, but not so much in our day-to-day outside of what we do, but it seems like more people, at least in my opinion, have heard of ChatGPT. And that in and of itself, you know, says a lot to how quickly this space is growing around AI, you know, just with that one tool. And there are many, 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 <laughs> and more, more being launched each and every day. So yeah, I, I, and I also like the fact that you're seeing more mindful events and I'm seeing this in the metaverse space as well more conversation around mindfulness, you know, metaverse for good, you know, these sorts of terms that I think is necessary because in web two, it wasn't something that was intentionally built out at least on a wide scale from the onset. And then seeing people recognize 
what are some of the issues that we're dealing with now and how can we prevent that moving forward? So I think that's exciting that you're in the event space and seeing that happen in real time, you know, uh, events being created that are more mindful, more intentional as at least around well-being. Yeah. So what have you been up to? What You know, I'm still buzzing from the award that I accepted in D.C., in Washington, D.C., not too long ago. And that was the Metaverse Champion Award. It was the first inaugural event for this award that was given by a, a summit that focuses around engineers and traditional STEM learning categories. And they decided to recognize emergent technology and identify the leaders that they felt, you know, were making a difference in the space. So I think it was about a maybe a half a dozen of us that accepted the award. And that was really exciting because I love sharing the knowledge that I'm learning. And it was awesome just being recognized for, you know, the different talks and workshops and speaking events that I do and the content that I'm sharing and posting online as well. So yeah, I'm still buzzing off of that and really excited about where we're going to go and the knowledge we're going to share with this podcast. Yeah. And very, very well deserved. (laughs) Definitely. Because you you definitely put in the work as far as like sharing all the knowledge that you have and just like really growing with the space and then sharing that growth and the knowledge and everything with everyone. So if if you don't already, please go follow <laughs> uh, Nova on uh, LinkedIn, whatever she's doing, whatever speaking engagements, because you are definitely out there internationally, all over the place, but you're talking, you're sharing the knowledge and your thoughts around it. So really critical with what you do. So kudos to you. Very well deserved. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's get into it. Let's start talking about AI and and all the buzz and numbers around it. And one of the things that jumps out to me is just the size of the creative community. And we're looking at what, about 27 million across nine industries? That's a lot of creatives. And how are these individuals going to be impacted by this? So that's something I thought was really interesting. And to know that just in five days alone, ChatGPT onboarded 1 million users in just five days. And just to put that in perspective, We're looking at Netflix. It took them three and a half years. We have Facebook, 10 months, and Instagram, two and a half months to onboard 1 million users. And ChatGPT did that in five days. And that's, you had mentioned that a little earlier, one of the main tools that's getting a lot of this buzz as it relates to AI. Yeah, and it's not like you saw a bunch of ads for ChatGPT, right? It's it's all um, you know word of mouth. Like one person uses it, they share their experience, and then other people use it, they share their experience. And I think that's how things are moving and being adopted. And if ChatGPT was not useful for people, they wouldn't use it. They wouldn't have been so adopted. People would not have shared it. So it just tells you like the viral nature of like when people are creating these tools, how fast they can get adopted because it's obviously useful. You know, people find a use to and a reason to talk about it. And the interesting thing about AI, just to kind of explain it a little bit deeper, 
is that it requires a large amount of data, right? And so it takes all of that data and that's how it gives you those recommendations. So like if you, you know, we'll talk about like the companies that are using AI, but because it, it, it's like all that data that they're, that they're getting and hopefully that data is good, that's how the AI is able to generate um, thought processes and, and generate, you know, whatever that outcome is or that content that you're doing. And I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention like machine learning. And so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the part of AI where it's not just, you know, putting in that data, but it's also learning like what are your different preferences, right? It's, it's, it's machine learning is like mm-hmm. a subset of AI. And so a lot of these AI t- tools are using that so they, it can adapt to um, what the user experience is going to be. Exactly. And just some additional fun facts about ChatGPT is that it was created by the company OpenAI, Global Artificial Intelligence Research Institute. Elon Musk was one of the early investors and board members, but resigned in 2018. And then it was founded with $1 billion. That's a lot of money. for a new company, $1 billion. And then just a year after Elon Musk uh, resigned from the board, Microsoft invested another $3 billion in OpenAI in 2019. So here we are in 2023. Some people are just hearing about this now, but this has been something that's been in development for years. And But what an interesting point, though, with this technology and yes, Camila, thank you for sharing that. It's You're pulling from all these data sets that the computer has access to, the machine has access to. But it only goes up to 2021 for ChatGPT. So when they trained it and initially built it, that was the most recent data that it was pulling from to give us what we're getting now. And then the new information is what we're putting in it, what we're feeding it as users. So I thought that was really interesting as well. Right, exactly. Um, which, which is, which is, you know, I thought about that when you mentioned uh, when we were talking about the adoption of Chat GPT. Like now, it's it's like everyday people are starting to train it, right? And so that's actually a good thing, right? Because we kind of have a say in its development. And just to correct something that I said, I know I said thought when I was referring to a computer. Not to scare everybody. No, computers do not think. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, all good. It's all good. I admittedly have a past of watching lots of sci-fi movies that have AI in it. Okay, I admit it. <laughs> Well, I'm definitely a sci-fi fan, and yes, why are they all like dystopian though? That's the that's the are. issue. Oh my gosh, they're all dystopian. We need some like, like happy endings where there's sun shining and there's flowers everywhere. Um, and that's that's the ending that we're going that we're going for. That's what we're so. aiming for exactly. That's what we're aiming for. You know, I was having a debate with a colleague around generative AI and. You know, this is AI that can create new content or information rather than just simply analyzing and processing existing data. And so what generative AI does, it involves training AI algorithms on large data sets, similarly, of content such as images, text, or audio, 
and then using that algorithm to create new content that's similar in style, tone, and content of the original data. And so where some of the, the I'm going to put it in quotes, fear or hesitation or concern um, that is circling around generative AI is, will it get to a point where it doesn't need humans? Will it get to a point where some people will say it's semi-sentient? That's a whole nother conversation um, that we'll probably do on another episode. But generative AI is something that is powering NFTs, powering art, um, various forms of art. And again, as we mentioned earlier, the more it's used, the better it gets, the faster it learns, the better the output that's where we are right now anyway, with that human connection, human engagement, human direction. And what we want to do in this podcast is to continue to enlighten our listeners as we move in this space, as we learn in this space, how do we keep the human in all of this, you know, in terms of this new digital paradigm that's being built around us that we're moving into? How do we enable ourselves and empower ourselves as creatives, as artists, as musicians, and you know anyone else that's in the visual arts that can be impacted by this technology? How do we understand it more so we continue to hold the reins <laughs> and we're in the driver's seat? And so we're taking this journey with you. We're learning with you. We're using the tools. But as you know, the technology is moving so fast. And we want to keep up with that information so we can bring it to you each and every episode. So I want to just jump into some of the pros and cons of this new technology. There's a lot of excitement, but there's also, you know, a lot of fear. And why don't we just break down something, some notes that we've jotted down, Camila. Do you want to do that? Do you want to handle the, the problems? Yeah. Okay. And I think, you know, people don't, because I did talk about, we were talking about how it's so dystopian. But people don't realize that AI is being used or has been used now. Like you're using AI, you just don't know it. Um, because in the background, these larger companies are using AI to power a lot of their tools. So for example, Alexa is AI. Mm -hmm. uh, Netflix is AI. That's how it gives you recommendations. So nowadays, everyone wants everything personalized to them. They want things to adapt. And what better way for a company to do that? than AI. So for another example is Canva, right? Yep. Like this is a tool and even Photoshop, right? Tools that we use every single day. Yep. The reason why it's so um, intuitive and it's so user-friendly is because there's AI powering this on the back end, right? That's right. Um, so that's one, I think, one, a few use cases that for the person, the user experience on the other end, it makes things easier because you're serving me up um, recommendations that are customized to me. Yeah, those are great examples. Hootsuite, that was something that jumped out at me um, as a company that they've been around for a while. They're using AI, Shutterstock, stock photos. You know, again, in the creative space, most of us have heard of these, these tools. Um, outside of just the creative industries, we have Google. I mean, Google Assistant. Um, they're actually working on a self-driving car project called Waymo, Amazon, you know, and you mentioned Alexa, you know, same company owner, Facebook, Apple, Siri, how many of us have had iPhones for how many years? Siri is powered by AI. 
And so, you know, these are, this technology isn't new. It's just now it's accessible for the everyday user to tinker and play with it for their end product. Tesla, another great example, um, using AI for their self-driving cars and automating you know, their software and sharing that information with their user, creating more personalized experiences. So yeah, a lot of big companies are already using it. And how is it going to impact us? What are some of the, you know, problems or concerns uh, that we need to pay attention to? And then what are some of the opportunities? So I will just jump in. One of the things that bothered me initially around a concern around AI is the bias of the algorithms, right? I mean, these programs are being developed by one subset, one small subset of the population. And when you're putting in certain words or phrases, the output can be very biased. And so how are we going to address that? And is that something that will naturally work itself out as more users use the tool? So, and then if it's biased, it can easily lead to unfair outcomes in hiring. These are things that we need to know and understand and pay attention to. What would be a, a concern of yours, Camilla, that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, well, I totally agree with you um, with what you said, because, you know, the developers that start to develop these tools, I mean, like I said, it's a bunch of data and it's only as good as the data that is um, that is put into it. And I know the just the history of the entire world, there's lots of racism, there's lots of bias, there's lots of, if you think about what's in the media and what you know different propaganda that's put out there, it's pulling from all of that information, <laughs> probably. It's only as good as what the data that is there, right? And so that I think is why it's so important at least initially, to have like a human that is checking that, that is looking at that. And we talked about the people that are developing it, and they may be using their own, you know, traits and thoughts and things like that to develop it. Well, that's why this podcast is important, right? To make sure that people are aware of it. But then also like making sure that developers are of different backgrounds, right? That people that are starting to develop or create these tools or even um, help these tools learn that we're conscious of, you know, what's going on and that we can mitigate that by making sure that we're promoting like diversity and actually implementing things that are um, diverse. And I think, did you mention about jobs too? Because Not yet, but I was just, how did you did it? <laughs> I know. Yep. Like we have to, we have to address that because yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, AI is going to take all of the jobs, right? Mm -hmm. And that's like a common thing. And not to say, I mean, I'm sure you have some t statistics, but yeah, AI is going to eliminate some things that we do on our job. And for me, you know, thinking of my 25 plus years of work experience, I never had enough time in the day. I still don't to do things, right? Mm -hmm. But if I can have like 
the AI do, you know, serve me up something that is, is easy or that I know the customers are going to like, or if I, if I, I can have it like create copy, like this is going to save me time. So if it's like a human assisted thing, I can see the other thing that I'm actually, I always see opportunities. Okay. If anyone has not noticed, I'm a very positive, <laughs> optimistic person. And yeah. so I see the opportunity. You talked about the growth of the creator economy. Well, now Instead of you having a job that's like a mundane task, maybe AI is going to take that, but it'll free you up to do something that's more creative and be a part of the creator economy. And that side project that you do that you think you can't make any money off of, well, now you can because you're going to be a creator that's going to talk about this topic that maybe you're you know, writing or you're podcasting or you're doing a YouTube video and it's all around you know, your design process or something like that. So I think it falls right in line with the growth of just humans being humans, being mindful, being self-aware, being just a part of this creator economy. I agree. And it is a concern. You know, we're both creatives and we're in the fashion industry. We're in Web3. We do branding. We do storytelling. So how much of that is going to you know, be replaced by AI and, and predicted that tasks such as video editing and content creation, graphic design, advertising, these areas may be impacted. But then areas such as fine art and creative writing, for example, may increase in value and will not be potentially replaced by AI. So I think the key is really understanding that we're going to be living with AI. It's going to enter into more and more industries. And based on what we do right now to get a sense of, do I need to incorporate it or not? Do I need to reposition myself or not? Do I just keep doing what I'm doing? And it may not affect me at all, but I think it starts with just being aware and educating yourself on the opportunities and the issues that are tied to this new tech, especially at the rate that it's growing. And I just wanted to quickly touch on some other problems or concerns that AI might bring with it. You have the privacy issue. It's pulling from data sets that it has access to online, on the internet, maybe from your social media pages, your website, whatever is publicly available online. How, How is our privacy being protected when it's pulling from that information? And then the lack of transparency in terms of where is this information coming from? And some of it isn't accurate. And so that's also when you're looking at a tool such as a a chat GPT to be mindful that it's not always going to give you accurate information and you need to fact check or check your work, you know, make edits to it. And then on the opportunity side, I completely agree, Camila. I think that There's definitely that efficiency standpoint and probably why a lot of people are using it. It's making them do more things faster with less effort, right? Um, Things that for some they may see as mundane and or for others, they're now able to quote unquote create art and they couldn't do that in the past or didn't have the time to do it in the way they wanted to do it. And here's a tool that allows them to bring their ideas to life more quickly. But I also think that it can be a just a foundation of inspiration. You don't necessarily have to take the final product or the output 
as the final product. It could just be the starting point. And I think that's something we should emphasize as creatives. We should push ourselves and stretch ourselves. If the tool is being able to deliver something quickly, well, what else can you do with this image or with this content that it's giving you? How can you add the human touch onto that? How can you add your creative direction onto that? How can you add any other insight or inspiration to what the AI has delivered? So you're always adding value and your input is always relevant to creating something greater than what AI could create. And I think that's something that, you know, we should really be mindful of and intentional as, as we're using these tools, intentional about. Yeah. And that makes me think of, um, you know, a use case in the fashion industry, how, uh, well, you mentioned Amazon, right? And Amazon can tell like from what you're searching, what you're clicking on, they can serve up and say, hey, you probably would like this outfit or yep. you would like this yep. shirt. Yep. Um, so it's using AI for that, which is great. And then another use case in the fashion industry is where um, you can serve up just based on the customer's behavior and what they're doing. You can serve up things, but you can also start to predict trends. So if you're a brand and their um, AI can say, oh, well, we predict that, you know, this color and this cut is going to be great. But like you said, like, that that bothers me slightly, right? Because I'm like, I'm not about trends. I'm about breaking the mold. I'm mm-hmm. about, you know, mm-hmm. like what is that new next thing that a designer is going to come up with? So like you said, like maybe this is, you know, what AI thinks customers are going to be interested in, but how can you change that? How can you kind of tweak that or let that inspire you? Mm-hmm. And I know like my personal creative process, like I'll have something crazy in my head and if I, you know, put it into AI, then maybe AI can create that or some version of that. But even, you know, as soon as you see that thing that you have in your head, you're like, okay, well, let me tweak it this way or let me do that. So how do, how do we use this just as an inspiration or a tool and not just totally rely on that? Because I think that's how we stand out as creatives because we're actually using, I mean, th- that cannot be duplicated with a machine you know, our creativity, because it comes from like our values. It comes from our past experience. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like who we are as individuals and that personal touch that we're bringing to that product, that project, the art piece, the content, the video, the film. I mean, I just, I just saw um, this morning a platform that allows you to create virtual worlds from a concept standpoint. So it's not, you know, a metaverse that you can walk into, but it can be imagined visually. And I was like, wow, (laughs) like, where is this going to stop? But I, again, what I saw was good. Was it mind blowing? No. And so I feel that it will be us that's going to allow the output to be even greater based on what we bring to it. And I've seen that with the tools that I've started to use and I've been using for some time, it's the more time I put into it, the happier I am with the results. And sometimes it takes hours just to get one image, hours. So yes, can it put more out more quickly? Yes. But will it be the final thing that you want? Will it be the most, you know, incredible project or reflection of your thoughts or ideas? Maybe not. And so it's you are the sculptor, you are the creative director, you're the driver of this engine that we're calling AI. 
And the question is, how do we maintain that driver's seat? And I think education is the first step to that. At the very least, read a blog, listen to a video or multiple. I won't say just stop with one article, one news report or one video. You know, spend some time to learn about it, because if you are in the creative industries, it's going to touch your workflow or it's going to touch the content that you might be using or you might be creating. And so I think it's really important. And it's not just content. I mean, we'll get into this in later shows, but in terms of products as well. And we're going to do a whole show on tools. We're just mentioning a few now, but we will do at least one show, if not multiple, on tools that you can check out. It may be for video or music or art or workflow, et cetera. So definitely tune in if you know you want to learn what tools that are being used and some use cases around those tools. Absolutely. And you know what the saying how the saying goes, don't knock it before you try it. <laughs> so a lot of times we get caught up in the conspiracy and we have a lot of ideals, probably talking to people that haven't really used the tools like that. So I would definitely say um, just in my conversations with Unova that it's, you know, opened my eyes to like the pros and cons and how it can be used. So like I would say, if you are creative, you know, look up these tools, maybe try them out, see what your thoughts are based on your own experience. Absolutely. And we'll be bringing guests on. We're going to be hearing founders that are building companies from the ground up with AI. We'll be bringing on individuals and experts in the copyright and legal space so we could talk about some of the IP issues that people have concerns about and how as creators can we be proactive in in protecting our work? Because again, the cat's out of the bag. So what are those things that we can learn around that as well? And then other creators that are working on projects and bringing new innovations into the space. So definitely come back and follow us, subscribe to the podcast so you stay up to date on how AI can help impact you in a positive way and how you can you know, mitigate this new digital space that we're in. We are super passionate about education. And as creators, we're taking this journey with you. And we appreciate you joining us for our first episode. Reach out to us if there's any topics you would like us to cover, any tools you'd like us to dive deep in specifically. If you have a product or innovation you'd like us to uh, bring you on to share, reach out to us as well regarding that. So it's a pleasure. Again, I'm your co-host, Nova Lorraine. This is Camila. And until next time, this is AI for Creatives.